Hey folks, it's John with KG Tropicals and KeepFishKeeping.com. You are probably here because you heard me talking about this podcast on my live stream. We do a live stream every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our YouTube channel. We've decided to take those live streams, edit them down, and release them to you in podcast form. And I'm so excited about doing that. But here's the thing. You might not be aware that way back in the day, eight, nine years ago, we had our own podcast that we called the Tank Talk Podcast. I had so much fun with this podcast. It was just me in most of the episodes. Lisa wasn't involved yet because, well, she had another job, but I really enjoyed doing it and it was so much fun and I was really sad to see it go, but... Now that we're uploading our live stream in podcast form, I figured, you know what, might be a good idea to bring back some of those old episodes and release those for you. And that's exactly what I'm doing in this episode. Now, I did podcasts a lot of different ways back then. One of the ways that I did it was I had e an email address that listeners of the podcast could send in questions. And that email address doesn't exist anymore, but I had that available back then. And this episode today involves a couple of emails that were sent in to that address. And one of them was a topic that was really, really on my mind at the time. And so I'm excited to share this with you. Another thing we would do that was a lot of fun back in the day was a segment called John's World. And sometimes Lisa would be on the podcast with me and we would do Lisa's World. We even got all the kids together to yell, John's World, Lisa's World. It was really, really cute. This was a segment that we could talk about anything we wanted to talk about that didn't have anything to do with fish keeping. And in this particular episode, I talk about my feelings about the season five finale of The Walking Dead. Isn't that something you want to talk about? Bringing back memories. This is going to be a lot of fun. I decided to keep that segment in here just for nostalgia purposes, just because it's funny. We're talking about The Walking Dead season five, a show that doesn't even exist anymore and went for 11 seasons. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if we're going to bring back John's world and Lisa's world. Maybe we will. Who knows? I guess that's going to depend on whether or not you want it. But anyway, this episode was a lot of fun to do. It was a topic that was really important to me, and it was something that I think needed to be said. And I think it is just as relevant in 2023 as it was back in 2015 when I originally recorded this episode. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this, and I hope you join us. Thursday nights for the live show, but if you're not able to do that, this podcast will upload every single week in podcast form, edited down so that you don't get all the nonsense in there, and that should be something that works out pretty well. Who knows? I don't know, but we'll have to see. But thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for your support, and I hope you enjoy this episode that's titled, I Don't Need Your Help. Hey, this is Skylar Hudson, and you're listening to Tank Talk, presented by KG Tropicals. 
Thank you, Skylar. Welcome, folks, to another episode of Tank Talk presented by KG Tropicals. I am your host, John Hudson from KG Tropicals. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're having as good a day as I am. I'm glad to be here behind the microphone. This is where I have my most fun. Today's episode, we're going to have some fun with. We're going to do something a little bit different, and we're going to talk about something that I've wanted to talk about for a while, but I lost this guy's email. And I didn't think I was ever going to see it again, but I actually did find it. And so today's topic has, it's all about one email that was sent to me a while back. And if I can get through it pretty quick, we might go ahead and address another email. I don't know. We'll have to see how this goes. You know, I like to run my mouth. So we're going to have a good time with it. Before we get started, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Talk about our sponsors real quick. Get that out of the way. And then we'll go ahead right into this email. All right, folks, we are back to modern day, John. We had some sponsors back in the day that one of the companies doesn't even exist anymore. So I thought I would add this in here just because it's the more modern day thing. This episode is brought to you by two different companies. One of them I happen to own. It's keepfishkeeping.com. If you are looking for aquarium supplies, if you're looking for live betas, Lisa's betas, Lisa's snails that she has bred in the old fish house, or if you're looking for live plants, including Tropica plants, keepfishkeeping.com. That is where you need to go. And then we also have to spend a little bit of time talking about a longtime supporter of this channel of this company, Fritz Aquatics. This is a company we've been working with for a very long time. They make some of the finest aquarium chemicals and aquarium additives on the market. Things like Fritz Complete, Max Out, Fuzz Out. These are products that are absolutely phenomenal for your aquarium. Also, every kind of medication for every fish ailment you might ever run into. Fritz Aquatics is who you're going to want to use to remedy all of those issues. And the beautiful thing is it's one and the same. You can buy all of your Fritz products from keepfishkeeping.com. So it is a match made in heaven. Keepfishkeeping.com, Fritz Aquatics. You can't go wrong. Now let's get on with the show. All right, and we are back. Thank you so much for letting me do that, folks. Don't forget, at the end of the episode today, we're going to do John's World. Today, we're going to talk all about Rick Grimes and Daryl Dixon and all of the other folks on The Walking Dead since last week was the finale episode for season five. Really excited about the way the show is going and the way things are going to be going on next season. So, And excited about the spinoff show. So if you want to hear about that, stay tuned after... The episode today at the end, we're going to talk all about The Walking Dead. So today's topic is going to be a little bit different than than what we're used to, because I'm always talking about how to do something or how to prevent something or whatever. Today, we're going to go a little different. We're going to talk about people in this hobby. We're going to talk about egos in the aquarium hobby. Egos to me in this hobby run rampant and maybe it's just me. I don't know, but this is something that has bothered me from the day I started keeping fish. And so I think it's worthy of talking about today. And it all comes from this email that I received from a gentleman named Ryan 
This email was sent to me a while back. And, and let me just explain. What I do, I create an outline for each episode of this show. And I, when I'm going to do an email, I will copy and paste that email from the my inbox to my outline. And then so that I know I've already used it and I don't get confused, I go ahead and delete the email. So this is what I did with this gentleman's email. I, I copied it, pasted it to an outline, and then deleted the email. So it's gone for good. And then I lost the outline. And it was because it was one of those weeks where I missed the episode. And so the outline just kind of got shuffled into the computer and I couldn't find it. But I found it. And I'm so glad that I did because this is something that I've been wanting to cover. And when it comes to, you know, John, you could have gone to your trash folder and, and found it under your deleted email. You don't know how many emails I have. <laughs> I mean, I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails and I tried to find it and I couldn't find it. So, but I did find it and I'm so excited about that because this is one uh, that I really like. And I'm going to go ahead and read the entire thing. I'm going to read the whole email and I'm just going to warn you there is one sentence, uh, it's at the end of the first paragraph or the second paragraph, and it does get a little bit confusing, but I think I can translate what it is that he's trying to say. I, I think he might have missed a word or two, and you know how it goes when you're typing up emails. So I'll try to clarify that when we get to the end here. So let me let me go ahead and read this email to you, and then and then we'll talk about it. I think that this is something that we've probably all seen. And I know I've certainly seen enough of it to write a book about this. So here we go. John, in all my trips to the big box pet stores, I've always been more than willing to offer up my experience with a customer looking for answers. But tonight I ran into my first situation where someone became angry at my suggestion. I was telling her about fish behaviors, particularly how some species may attempt to spawn following a significant water change. She, of course, stated she didn't need to do water changes because she had some filter I hadn't heard of before. So I suggested she get an API test kit and specifically run the nitrate test and how really only a water change will improve that number. John, this woman raised her voice and became belligerent. It blew me away. After simply saying okay and walking away, I then started to wonder if you've ever experienced a customer like that. Then in general, how do you deal with ignorant customers? And this is the confusing sentence. Like you, I hate the idea of animals suffering. It is there a way to articulate the work that's associated with fish keeping. I think, I think he missed a period and he missed one other thing. And the, the last sentence was supposed to be, is there a way to articulate the work in quotes that's associated with fish keeping? So, you know, instead of putting in a period, he typed the word it. No big deal. Typo. We all do it. And then his very last uh, couple of sentences is just praising me, which is wonderful. Ryan, thank you for that. But I don't, I don't want to read that every time because then it makes it look like I'm just trying to, you know, talk good about myself. But that was very nice of you, Ryan. Thank you. Yes, I have seen this. I've seen it many, many times. I've seen it in my store. I've seen it in other stores. And this is why I was excited to talk about it, because it's something that's very common. And I think that the reason why it, it blows up like this sometimes is because of the egos attached 
to this hobby. I think there's so many people out there that want to give the impression that they're the most knowledgeable fish keeper on the planet. Me, I get off by doing the exact opposite. I mean, I make everybody understand, hey, I could be wrong. I'm not the smartest person in the world. You might do things a different way, but this is how I do it, and this is the experiences that I've had. That's the way I've always presented myself, whether it's in my YouTube videos, on this podcast, whatever it is. It's kind of like, hey, this is what I have to say. Take it or leave it. However, there are so many people out there that I've experienced in 22 years of keeping fish that are the exact opposite. Now, there's a lot of older guys. And golly, I'm so close to being in that category, but there are a lot of older guys that have been in this since the sixties and they're, you know, they're a wealth of knowledge and they're one of those people that, you know, when they start talking, you just kick back, lean up against the wall, fold your arms and just listen because you know that these guys know what they're talking about. But then there's a lot of guys that know what they're talking about, but they also make sure you are well aware that they know what you're talking about. And I, maybe it's just me. I don't know, but I've experienced this so much in this hobby where I've actually been intimidated before, whether it be at aquarium club meetings or whatever, where I'm kind of like, I feel uncomfortable because there's all these people walking around poking their chest out, guys, and they're like, they want to be smarter than me. And they're, you know, they're, they're acting like they're the most knowledgeable person on the planet. And it just drives me crazy because we're talking about keeping little aquarium fish here. And we're talking about something that we all love. Why does it matter if you're smarter than me? I, I don't get it. I mean, we're all doing the same thing. So, you know, it's always been something that's made me uncomfortable. And that's why I don't spend a lot of time at aquarium club meetings and, and things like that. It's not because they're bad people there. It's just, I've been to a few where I've just felt uncomfortable because it's just a lot of these guys walking around poking out their chests instead of everybody just having a good time. It's like, who's smarter than who? And there, there's a, a saying measuring your, you know, what's, I mean, or you can call it pissing contests, whatever you want to do it. It, that bothers me. I don't, I don't like that because I don't really care if I'm smarter than you when it comes to keeping fish. It, it's not going to make me sleep better at night. So when I run into that kind of a thing, I, you know, I just kind of stay away. So I've seen it a lot and it's been where I've seen it happen while I am a customer and I see it happen between two other customers and I've also seen it in my store where I am the owner. And this is something that has kind of gone to the extremes before where I've had to put my foot down and stop it from happening. So let me go through a couple of scenarios here with you and, and give you an idea of what I'm talking about and uh, leave the doozy for the end because this one, it just blew my mind and and I was really bothered by it. So what would happen a lot is people would travel to my store from far away and they've traveled to the store because they've seen my YouTube videos. They've heard the podcast. They, they want to come and meet me and, and talk to me about whatever their, you know, issues are or whatever they're looking to do or whatever. And we had quite a few quote unquote regulars, my, my norms and cliffs, you know, that would come by and they would hang out. You know, they'd sit at the counter on a stool and they would just sit there and we would chat. And occasionally 
a customer would come in while one of the regulars was there and they would come into the store and immediately go up to the counter and ask me a question. And I would be answering and we'd be talking and my regular customer or friend would interject into the conversation, would insert himself into the conversation. And this was several people. Okay. I'm not just talking about one individual regular customer that was in all the time I'm talking. All of my regulars would do this. And it was more of like a friendly thing. It wasn't like, Oh, I know the answer to that question. So I'm going to jump in. It was more like, we're all having a conversation here and I'm going to, you know, go ahead and add my two cents to the conversation. No harm, no foul. I mean, it's not hurting anybody. But there were quite a few times where I had to, to kind of make a sign to my regular, like, Hey, knock it off because I could see the customer getting agitated because they asked me, not him. You know, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, there, we had people travel to my store from all over the country. The farthest east that I'm aware of was Chicago. A, a gentleman was coming up the East coast. He was like at a wedding or something. And he came through uh, on his way home to Chicago, drove through and, and he bought some fish and, and that was really cool. I think Chicago was the farthest. Uh, we had them from Vermont, which might be farther away from me from Chicago. I don't know, but we had them from all over the place. And you know, you travel a long distance to meet somebody that you have listened to or watched on the computer and you, you feel like you can trust this person and you go in and you ask them a question. And then some dude that's sitting there looking like Cliff Clavin interjects and starts giving, I didn't come here to ask you, Cliff. I came here to ask John, you know? And so there were times where I could see the customer getting a little bit agitated and I had to put a stop to it. And it's a cheers reference, folks. If you don't know who Cliff Clavin is, um, my customer, my regular customer's name is not Cliff. It's, I was making a cheers reference. Cliff and Norm, they were always at the bar. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Great show, by the way. So this would happen most of the time. It would not. I mean, most of the time I'm sitting here having this conversation with my customer. My regular would involve himself in the customer and share his experiences. And everything, everything would be fine. Everything would be great. But there were times where you could see the customer would kind of start to turn away from the regular and start making those mannerisms like this is, this is bothering me. I don't, I don't want to talk to this person. And so I would put a stop to it. But again, nobody's trying to hurt anybody. It was just one of those things where it was involving himself in a conversation that he wasn't necessarily invited to. No big deal. Now, where this did become a problem was not with one of my regulars. This was, and, and I don't think this was your situation, Ryan. It seems to me like you were just having a conversation with a woman in the store and this happened. It didn't, I didn't read this and see that you jumped in while this lady was having a conversation with an employee at the store. It doesn't seem like you did that at all. If you did, you were wrong. I'm sorry, but I don't think that that's what you did. It seems like you were just having a conversation with this woman being friendly in the store. What's wrong with that? But I had a scenario where there was a, 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 a customer. This guy came in regularly, but he was not a regular, if that makes sense. I, I would call this guy a frequent customer, one that came in a lot and, and purchased a lot of stuff from us. We were very friendly, but we weren't friends. Yeah. Does that make sense? 
you know, we had a professional relationship because he would come in, we would talk, he would buy fish, he would leave. He would come in all the time. But he wasn't a regular that would come in, sit down, and start talking about, you know, how bad Robert Griffin III was last year. It, it wasn't that kind of a relationship. So this guy is in the store, and he's browsing. Another customer comes in, a customer that I'd never seen before. Comes in and introduces himself to me, shakes my hand, says, uh, you know, I came from wherever, and I'm a big fan of your YouTube channel. I'm, I'm glad you have that because I wouldn't have even known this store was here if you, if you didn't have your YouTube channel. So, you know, a lot of conversations started that way in the shop. And so we're sitting there talking. I'm sitting on a stool, which ask any of my regulars, that was pretty much where I was all the time <laughs> during business hours. I wasn't going to be doing water changes and stuff. So anyway, the customer comes in, we're chatting, we're, we're talking about his issues and he had an issue with the cycling process. He was trying to get his tank ready, trying to get things going. And, and he was struggling a little bit with the cycling process, which with the new fish keeper is very common. And it's a question that I've answered thousands of times. I mean, I could literally, you know, stand on my head and answer that question. I could probably say it backwards because it's just so, it just rolls right off the tongue because I've said it so many times. So I'm walking this customer through it. Let's say the customer's name is Bill. Okay. It's not because I don't even know that I ever even learned this customer's name. But for the sakes of conversation, let's say, Bill was the customer's name, not the frequent customer, but the new customer that had just come from wherever. Bill's asking me about the cycling process, and I am talking to him, telling him about what I do, how it works for me, and how it's worked for me for 22 years. I've been doing it this way, and it works perfectly, and he's getting it. He's like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We're having a really good conversation and this other customer, my frequent customer, not my friend, but my frequent customer, walks up and literally says, not in a joking way, walks up, stands next to Bill and says, no, I wouldn't do it that way. I would do it this other way. Let me tell you how I do it. <sighs> okay. So that's how the conversation went. <laughs> I'm sitting here having a conversation with a customer that traveled from a good distance away to ask me about this cycling process. And some guy that he's never seen before walks up and says, nope, don't do it that way. I'm going to give you a better way to do it. Now, was this guy, this frequent customer of mine, trying to be vicious, trying to make me look like an idiot? No. But did he make me look like an idiot? Yes. And trust me when I tell you he heard about it after Bill, my customer that traveled a long distance away, after Bill left. Because I'm not having that in my store. <laughs> I don't know. You know, there there was a big problem with that. And it's not my ego that was bothered by this. It was more... This person came from a, a distance away. It's not like he drove from Vermont, but this guy came from a couple hours away to ask me a question, not you. And I was giving him advice that I've given to people for 20 years and it works. And then you come up and tell this guy, oh no, John is wrong. You should do it this way. No. And so anyway, after Bill left, 
I said to this guy, I said, Oh no, <laughs> you're not going to do that anymore. And, and he was very apologetic. I mean, it, you know, like I said, he wasn't trying to be vicious or anything, but it was just one of those things that, you know, this is, this is exactly why I don't inject myself in conversations that I'm not immediately involved with because things like this can happen. You walk up and you try to do the right thing, but you might be totally throwing somebody else under the bus to, to make your point. And again, if we all didn't want to be the smartest person in the room, we wouldn't interrupt like that. You understand what I mean? So this person's ego got the best of them because they thought, oh no, I have a better way than John. So I'm going to step in and I'm going to tell them my way because my way is the best. Now, again, there's going to be people that are going to say, well, John, that damaged your ego too. You, that bothered your ego. Your feelings were, it, it's really not. I mean, it was more a professionalism thing. I'm running a business and that was unprofessional as more than egotistical, you know, a damaging to my ego. So that's why it bothered me. I literally, I have no ego when it comes to fish keeping. I really don't. I mean, I, I don't care. Who wants to give me advice? I've taken advice from 14-year-old kids before. I, I really don't care. I don't care if I'm smarter than you. So it's not it's not damaging to my ego. It's more unprofessional, okay? So I don't think that that's the scenario you ran into here, Ryan. Again, I think that it was just a conversation that you were having with this woman, and the conversation just went bad. And to me, the, the part, where she got upset and she started freaking out on you. It was her ego because you were telling her something that she probably should have known already. And she didn't know. And she felt stupid. And you were telling her that she needs to be doing something different than what she's already doing. People don't like to be told that they're doing something wrong when they think they know everything. And so it was a hit to her ego when you told her that, and that's what made her flip out like that. Now, as far as I'm concerned, in your scenario, Ryan, I don't think you did anything wrong. I really don't. Because like I said, it seems like you were just having a conversation with somebody and you gave your opinion and she flipped out. Shame on her. I mean, that's what's going on here with your particular situation. But, you know, it's it's a scenario. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have a conversation with somebody in a store. Of course I would. And I probably would have done exactly what you did, but the scenario, what I was talking about where you walk up and you involve yourself in a conversation where the customer is communicating with the employee at the store. That's something I've never done and I never will. And whether it's a fish keeping place or it doesn't matter what establishment I'm at, you're dealing with the employees there at the store. It's not my place to step in and and give my two cents. I don't think that's what you did here. So I don't think you did anything wrong, but you know, there's a weird thing with fish keepers that I, I don't understand why it is. And maybe it's just me, maybe I'm looking for it. And so it bothers me, but the, the whole thing with egos and people trying to be the smartest person in the room. It just bothers me. And, and I don't, I don't understand that. I just want people to enjoy this hobby. Let's talk about it. We can share our experiences, but I don't care if anybody's smarter than anybody else. 
uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm overreacting here. But to me, it's we're not in a big contest here. And I think that even myself, okay, I'm going to put myself in this category. I think we are too quick to call somebody an expert. And it's because information is so readily available out there. You can study and you can get all of this information. You can get it really quick and you can call yourself an expert. And I, th- I think that's part of the problem. It's just, there's so much information out there. It's not hard to find anymore. You had to put in so much work back in the day to be deemed an expert in this field where now you can watch some videos and read some articles and subscribe to a few blogs. And next thing you know, you feel like you know everything. And I think that that goes to people's heads and people get labeled an expert maybe before they should. I have seen this with my own eyes. I'm not going to name any names because that's just stupid. But I have seen people that I know have been keeping fish less than six months that have announced themselves on a video on YouTube as being an expert on a particular thing. I mean, really? I, I, I That's just jumping the gun a little bit to me. I, I don't see you can be an expert that fast and, and label yourself an expert. I, I, no, you're, you're never going to hear me ever label myself as an expert. I, I don't do that. If you want to call me that, you go right ahead. But I'm not going to do it because there's still so much for me to learn. And so maybe... Maybe I'm so far away from egotistical. Maybe that makes me look at everybody else that way. I don't know. I don't know what my problem is. But to me, it's something that's out there. And if you give advice to somebody that that doesn't like what advice you're giving, it rubs them the wrong way, they're going to just flip out on you like this woman did to Ryan. And I think it's unacceptable. I I mean, I, I don't think there's a place for it. We're all trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to keep fish in glass boxes and make an art project out of it. That's all we're trying to do. And, you know, why can't we all just have fun with it? Why do we need to get egos and puff out our chest and, you know, measure each other's, you know, what's to, to see. I just, I don't care. I don't care about all that. Maybe that is why it bothers me as much as it does. So, you know, to, to wrap it up here a little bit, Ryan, I don't think you did anything wrong. Again, I'm going to run through the scenario again. I've done it 20 times, but I'm going to do it anyway. You were having a conversation with somebody. That person did not like what you had to say. And even though what you were telling her was, was correct, she didn't like what you had to say. And she flipped out on you for it. You didn't do anything wrong there. Um, you know, what, what more can I say to you? I don't think you did anything wrong, but to just add to it a bit, you know, I would have probably done exactly what you did. If somebody solicited me advice from me, I would have told him, but you know, maybe she wasn't looking for advice and you told her what she was doing was wrong. And that's what made her flip out. I don't know, because if I'm in a store and I tell somebody, yeah, this is the filter that I have on this tank. And they tell me, oh, no, that's not going to work. You got to do this. Well, screw you. I didn't ask you if it was right. I'm just telling you what I had. You know, that would kind of rub me the wrong way, too. I I don't know that that's what happened here. But it seems to me like she was having a problem and she was inquiring about that. And you gave her some advice with the test kit and all that kind of stuff. And she just didn't like it. And she flipped out on you. So I don't think you did anything wrong. 
I'm going to stick by that because you're a fan of the show and I don't want to lose you. So I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to stick to you did not do anything wrong. But in all honesty, I, I believe you did not. I, I don't think you did anything wrong. I think we just participate in a world where everybody is smarter than you. And when you try to give advice to somebody and they don't like what you have to say, they get mad at you for it. And I think it's a shame because there's a lot more people out there that are that way a lot more than you think anyway. So, okay. We were able to get through that pretty quick. Did you hear me clap my hands? I don't know why I just did that. We were able to get through that pretty quick. So this is what I'm going to do. This is not planned. I'm going to push pause real quick and I'm going to find another email for us to talk about because we got some time left. So I'm going to, I'm going to go find another one. Okay. I found one comes from Robert Farquhar. I, I have, I hope I said that right. So, Hey John, my name is Robert and you know his last name and I have a question. I made a little fry bed at the bottom of my 75 gallon Mbuna tank. My question is, will the female know that the bed is a safe place to release her fry and will plecos eat fry? Thanks in advance. We'll keep watching tank talk to see your answer. Thanks again. You've been a big help since I started keeping Africans. Keep up the good work. Well, I will, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you, Robert. Sorry about your last name. I hope I said it right that first try. So, okay. The, the answer to your question is yes and no. Uh, you cannot tell the female where to release her fry. You can put stuff around and you can put little rocks in. And I don't know what you mean by a fry bed, but you can put stuff there. She might use it. She might not. You, you never really know. You can't make their mind up for them. The bottom line is, a female African cichlid or a female of any type of fish, whether they're substrate egg layers or vertical egg layers or mouth brooders, they are going to house their fry in an area where they believe they can protect them and keep them safe. So with Africans, usually that's going to mean it's going to be like behind a rock or behind a plant or something. And for the first few days, the female they don't all do this, but they're supposed to kind of stay with the, the brood and guard them a little bit. Now, a female African cichlid that has been holding for 21 days is really, really hungry. And so she's probably going to go get some food while she has her mouth empty from, uh, you know, having all the fry in there. She hasn't eaten in three weeks. So she's probably going to go and and get some food, take her eyes off of the fry for a little bit, and they can fall victim to not only plecos, but other fish in the tank can certainly go and gobble up those fry. So uh, I don't I don't know what you mean by a fry bed when it comes to Africans. I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about there. Um, you know, is it apostropedic or no, I'm joking. I, I don't know what you mean. I mean, the only beds for fry that I know of would be for like substrate egg layers and, and things like koi and goldfish and stuff like that. Uh, like breeding carpets, carpet mats, you know, stuff like that. I don't know of any for Africans, but the reason why I said the answer to the question is yes or no is because she may look at whatever little bed that you put down there, she may look at that as the safe place. And so, yes, she may release her fry there. But if it's something that's in the middle of the tank and, you know, other fish have access to it, probably not. I mean, unless she deems it as being 
a safe place. If you're going to keep her in the tank with the other fish, I would expect there to be a, a lot of loss with the fry. I mean, that's just nature. That's just what it's going to be because she's not going to be able to protect them all the time. She's only going to do it for a short period of time. And then she's going to forget that the fry are even hers. So, you know, they're most likely going to get eaten by the other fish in the tank. And the answer to your question is absolutely yes, a pleco will eat fry. Plecos are catfish. And though they do eat a lot of algae and they scrape it off of rocks and walls and, and things like that, that is their primary diet. They are catfish. I mean, have you ever had a fish die in the aquarium and you find all the scales are off of it and it's just sitting there like white on the bottom of the tank? That's because your pleco came and, and mowed the lawn on that thing and <laughs> just sat there and gobbled on that fish for a long time. So, yes, they will absolutely eat fry. Plecos are a lot faster than we think they are because we look at them as lazy fish that just sit around and don't do anything. I mean, I've, I'm looking at a pleco right now in Lisa's and Buna tank that hasn't moved in two weeks. I mean, it's alive. And I know that because its mouth is facing forward and you can look and he's breathing. He's just sitting there. He won't move. He's been there for two weeks. So we look at them as lazy but they are just like any other fish. They are constantly on the move looking for their next thing to eat. And I, I know that completely contradicts what I just said about this fish sitting in one spot for two weeks, but they're, they're just like any other fish. They're always looking for their next meal and they, they're faster than we think. They can catch a small fry and, and gobble them up if they have the opportunity. So. Uh, I have actually seen fry get eaten by a pleco because the pleco is so still. The fry swims over there thinking that it's, you know, a rock or something. And boom, there it goes. So it happens. I would definitely not want to have a big pleco in a tank with fry. And plus, if you have some kind of a wacko pleco, that's a cool wacko pleco, and that pleco decides to chase the fry around, they can be extremely destructive too. So, you know, you might not want to have fry in the tank. It sounds to me like you're trying to keep your fry. And if you are, then I would look into some type of a breeding box or something like that. I will be doing a video in the very near future showing a new breeding box that was made by the people. If you saw my, my video that I did, Shoot, it was a couple of years ago, I think. I did a video on a new new type of egg tumbler that was made by a company called Zis Aqua. And he sent me some of these egg tumblers, and they were really cool, and I, I did a video showing those. Well, he was so pleased with what I did, he sent me like a box full of these breeder boxes. And they're made specifically for housing fry in your situation. You know, maybe you only have one tank, and you want to save your fry, so you put them in this box, and it's like its own little aquarium within an aquarium. It's really cool, and you'll see that in a future video of mine. But if you can't get your hands on one of those, they sell at the big box stores. They sell the little breeding boxes that are made out of like a netting material that you put up in the corner of your tank. They're like five bucks, and you can save your fry that way. I think you'll probably have more success saving the brood doing it that way rather than trying to make some kind of a bed. I, I just don't, I don't think that'll work for you, but maybe it will. I hope it does, but we will have to see. So, 
yes and no. Your your fry might get released in that breeder be- uh, bed. And yes, absolutely, plecos can eat fry. Okay, we have time for one more. This is fun. We're getting through a lot of these today. So this is a, an email from another individual named Robert. This one does not have a last name with it. He says, John, hi, I love all of your videos and podcasts, and I would love to see my question answered on one of your videos slash podcasts. Well, guess what, Robert? It's happening right now. My question is, what are the first signs that a discus is going to pair off? Thanks in advance, Robert. Thank you for the question, Robert. This is a very common thing, a very common question. And I had done an episode a couple of weeks ago about discus. And I said that I was contemplating maybe revisiting discus, uh, but just talking about breeding discus in a future episode. I'm not going to get into the whole spiel today, but to, to address your question, I will certainly do that. I love talking about discus and anything involving discus. So, this is right up my alley. So one of the common strategies to finding a breeding pair of discus, some people can't afford to go out and drop 600 bucks on a proven breeding pair. Some people want to buy them smaller and raise them up and have it happen naturally. This is a good way to do it. And I think that that's what Robert plans to do or is in the process of doing buying uh you know, six or eight or however many you want discus of the same strain is what I would suggest. This way, you know what the fry are going to be. You buy eight blue doll, uh, blue dolphins, blue diamonds, and you let them all grow up together. And eventually you will end up with two that will pair off and they, you can take them and put them into their own breeding tank and, and have a whole bunch of discus babies, which are worth a lot of money. And, now, doing it this way, you can actually end up with multiple breeding pairs. I mean, if you buy eight of them, you do the math, it's, you could theoretically end up with four breeding pairs. Does it happen that way? Not, not likely, but you never know. It absolutely could. Most people, if they buy eight to ten discus and raise them up together, most people are going to have more than one breeding pair as a result of that group. So... Robert has bought uh, some discus or he's going to buy some discus and he would like to know the signs that they are pairing off. Let me just tell you, Robert, it is blaringly obvious. I mean, you, it, there's no way you could not know that they're going to pair off. Now, I'm talking about once they have paired off, it's obvious. Now, if there's signs that two of them are going to pair off, which is kind of how your question went, uh, or what are the first signs that discus are going to pair off? I don't know. I mean, they start hanging out together and they start, you know, looking for a place to, to call their own, kind of like people do. That's what discus are going to do. But a lot of times it'll be kind of subtle and you won't really notice that. It's once they pair off, that's when you can see it from a mile away. What they're going to do is they're going to occupy a certain spot in that aquarium. And they're going to occupy that and they'll actually defend it because what they're going to do is they pair off. They decide that they are a compatible couple. It doesn't mean they're going to successfully breed, but it means that they have decided that they will work together. They're going to go and they're going to find a spot 
It could be behind the heater. It could be in a, in one of the back corners. It could be right in the center of the tank. You never really know. They're going to find a vertical surface that they're going to go ahead and, and perform the spawning ritual on. And what they're going to start to do is the two of them working together, they're going to start to prepare that area for spawning. Preparing it means they're going to clean it. They're going to rid it of any kind of loose material or, you know, clean it up. They're going to make a nice little spot for the, their eggs to be laid on. And you'll see it. I mean, it is clear as day. These two fish are going to diligently work to clean it off. Now, what does it mean cleaning it off? It doesn't mean they go and grab a dustpan and a mop. They go and they'll be picking at this area with their mouth, just back and forth, pop, 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 like little woodpeckers. And again, it's very clear. You can't miss it. The two of them will be doing this. And then once that happens, once they've established this is their spot, they'll actually start to defend that area. They're not going to damage anybody, but they're going to start shooing everybody else away from that area because this is our spot. This is where we're going to do our thing. Y'all need to get out. That's what they're going to do. And so they'll be pushing the other fish away, driving the other fish like to the other side of the tank. So what will you see when you have a pair that has paired off? You will find two fish, obviously. They will be in a spot and it'll just be the two of them. Everybody else will be kind of off off away from the group from, from those two, I mean, and now with other fish like Jack Dempsey's, let's say if you have a whole bunch of Jack Dempsey's together and they, two of them pair off, they will fiercely protect that area. And what you'll end up finding, I've even seen this in 125 gallon tanks that are six feet long. You'll have the two Jack Dempsey's, the male and the female on one end of the tank and all of the other fish, will be on the clear opposite end of the tank, all in a little ball up in the top corner because they're absolutely terrified because this couple has harassed them to the point where they have just completely submitted and they've housed themselves way up in the corner of the tank because they're in fear of their life. Discus are not quite that fierce. It's not really going to be that way, but it will be very clear to you that this couple is there. It's the two of them. They're, they're hanging out together. They're side by side. They're not always side by side, but you'll see them side by side quite a bit. They'll just be there and they'll be just protecting their area and shooing everybody else away from that one spot. And then obviously, you know, eventually you'll see the spawning process occur. And that is when they will get a little bit more aggressive in protecting their fry. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole breeding deal, but once they have laid the eggs and fertilized them, the male and female will take turns. One will stay and, and, um, you know, fan the eggs and, and kind of parent the eggs, <laughs> keeping them clean, keeping them, you know, and, and protecting them while the other will face the opposite direction, making sure that no predators or no other fish are going to come and mess with the eggs. And they will fiercely guard those eggs. Um, but you, you'll see the signs well before something like that is going to happen. And let me just tell you, Robert, if you really want to successfully breed these, one of the mistakes that I've made in the past breeding angels is, okay, I want to go ahead. I see this two, these two have paired off and they're going to spawn. I want to leave them in there because I'm afraid that if I 
remove them and put them in their own breeding tank right now, they're not going to spawn. Like, I'm going to mess something up. I want them to spawn first, and then I'll pull them out. And you just lose a batch of eggs that way, doing it that way. When you notice that they are a pair, pull them out of there, put them in their own breeding tank. Don't risk the other fish. Don't risk losing the spawn because the eggs get eaten by the other fish. Just pull them out of there, put them in their own tank. You might have to wait a couple of weeks for them to spawn. Big deal. It's fine. They've already paired off. They decided they're going to work together. Put them in their breeding tank. Let them be in there for a while. If nothing ever happens, then just put them back in the tank and maybe they'll find another partner or whatever. But, you know, go ahead. As soon as you see that they are paired off, take them out, put them in their own breeding tank, and you'll get plenty of babies down the road. Unless, you know, things don't work out. But whatever. That's how you're going to want to do it. And just trust me when I tell you, it is blaringly obvious when they have paired off. John's World! All right, today's John's World is going to be a fun one. I'm actually recording this on March the 30th, which means I'm recording it the day after the season finale of season five of The Walking Dead. We're going to talk some Walking Dead today because I'm so excited. The season finale, I thought, was absolutely brilliant. I thought it was done perfectly. Uh, there, there are some things that I was a little bit, just a little bit, disappointed about with this season. But overall, I think season five was the best season we've seen. And, you know, this show just continues to get better and better and better. When I say that I was disappointed in in this season, there's two things. One, I'm, maybe I'm just a dork and nobody will agree with me on this. I don't know. But I've watched this show from the very beginning. I've watched a, or I've read a bunch of the comics, not all of them, but I've read a bunch of them. And I know that I know what this show is all about and I know the message that this show is putting out there and I get it, but I was just really hoping that we would get a couple of episodes of peace. Maybe I'm just corny. I don't know, but I was really hoping that they could just kind of settle into Alexandria and everybody would get along and Rick and Michonne would wear their little sheriff's uniforms and, and everybody would get along and it was beautiful and, harmonious living and it was a beautiful community. I was just, I was hoping to see that for a couple of episodes. I guess the last time we saw that was like the beginning of what was it? Season three, maybe season four. I don't, I don't recall exactly. I think it was season four where they had settled into the prison and, you know, Rick was like a farmer and, you know, they had, they had elected like a group of leaders within the prison and all of that. I thought that was really cool, but that was really like you, you walked into that in the first episode and then it was over. It was like all of a sudden here's the governor and boom. So you didn't really get to see them kind of relaxing. And I don't know the show. It's five seasons now and it's been going on for so long. I would love to have just been able to see them settle in and just relax and have some fun for once. The show is so dark and it's so grim. And I like that. That's part of the appeal. But I would have just loved to see everybody calm down for a little bit. And, but, you know, we didn't get that. They move into Alexandria and all of a sudden, boom, you know, everything starts off with Aiden and it just, it just boils from there. And it boiled over last night, which I thought was huge. The ending was epic would be the best way to, to describe it. I thought it was brilliantly done. The only other thing that I was disappointed about, and I should have known that it wasn't going to happen this season. I was kind of hoping we'd get to see Negan this year. 
I knew we really wouldn't because, I mean, of where he falls into the comics. I've not read all of the comics. Again, I'm going to keep saying that. So I don't consider myself a, a Walking Dead Futures expert of any kind. But I know Negan. I know what he's all about. And I cannot wait to see him. If you're not familiar with the comics, Negan is the villain of all villains. He is the biggest villain for the entire series. He makes the governor look like a kindergarten teacher. I mean, he is absolutely brutal and ruthless. And I'm absolutely looking forward to seeing him on the show. I mean, you know, what's a show without a good villain? But I guess for the beginning of season six, we're probably going to have to deal with the wolves for a little while, which will be cool. I mean, I'm definitely intrigued by that group of people. Don't believe that it's just two guys. I'm sure it's a whole lot more than that. And I think that that will be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to season six. There's one thing that I would love to talk with you about my walking dead fans. If you're listening to this show, I'd love to have a conversation about who should play Negan. Cause I have my pick of who I think would be absolutely perfect for the part. I think he was made for it. And that's Henry Rollins. If you're not familiar with Henry Rollins, just do a quick Google search. If you know what Negan looks like, I mean, all you've seen is drawings of him, but if you know what Negan looks like and you know, his attitude, Look at Henry Rollins and you'll be like, yep, that's him. I don't think anybody fits the description of Negan better than Henry Rollins. There are a couple other guys. I heard somebody on, on YouTube say that they would like, uh, what's the guy's name from Mad Men, Don Draper. Don Draper's his character on Mad Men. I think he'd be really good too, but he seems to be a little bit more Don Draper than he would be Negan. I mean, Henry Rollins is just so... I don't know. He's, he's perfect for it. And maybe I'm biased because I've been a, a Henry Rollins fan since the eighties, but I thought he was absolutely perfect in Sons of Anarchy. And I, I think he's, he's, that's his role. I mean, that's just perfect for him. That kind of ruthless, just vicious person. I think Henry Rollins would be perfect, but let me know what you think. Send me an email, send it to either kgtropicals at gmail.com or tank talk feedback. Let me know who you think should play Negan. I don't know. I think we're probably not going to see him maybe till like the end of season six. Maybe. I don't know, but he's, he's not coming in the beginning. Cause we know that the wolves are coming in the beginning, but you know, the show switches things up a lot and there are no wolves in the comics. They're, they're a, bo- uh, a group called the scavengers, I think is what they're called or savages, scavengers, savages, something like that. And Negan's not the leader of that group either. He's the leader of a group called the Savior. So maybe, maybe they're going to switch things up and maybe Negan will be the leader of the wolves, but Negan doesn't have the W on his head. I don't know. I, who knows? Maybe I'm just desperate for Negan, but we'll see. I think that we'll probably see him in season six. I just can't wait till the announcement comes out to say who's going to be playing him. I mean, if the guy from the Facebook movie is going to play Lex Luthor, in the Man of Steel 2, uh, or Batman vs. Superman, whatever, then God knows who they could pick to play Negan. I mean, what's that, Jesse Eisenberg? Did you know that, that he's playing Lex Luthor? Who could? Who would have thought that that guy would play one of the most iconic villains out there? I, I don't know. But then, while we're on the topic, Jared Leto, perfect for the Joker. I'm just going to say it. I'm putting it out there. Anyway, I can't wait to see that. We're getting way too far off topic here, though. Can you tell I'm looking forward to Negan? So uh, what I'm also looking forward to, I 
like you, I'm sure you're the same way. I, I don't, none of us can really explain why this is, but we all love Morgan. We love Morgan and we can't tell you why. I'm so glad to see him back on the show. I was just blown away by the first five, ep- five minutes of last night's episode when he met up with that guy from the wolves and that was priceless. I love to see Morgan in that just kind of a butt kicking role. That's just awesome. Love that character. So excited to see him meet up with Rick there at the end. Perfect moment too, to meet up with him, huh? That was, that was nice. But anyway, last night's episode I thought was absolutely brilliant. I loved it. I loved the way it ended. I loved this season. I think it was the best season they've done so far. And guess what? I mean, if, unless you've been living underneath your aquarium somewhere, you already know that they're coming out with a second Walking Dead show. It's called Fear the Walking Dead. I can't wait. I mean, how how can there possibly be too much Walking Dead? I don't think it's possible. I can't wait for that show to come out. I'm really curious to see if it's like a prequel type thing or what. I don't know, but that's going to be really cool. So it's a really good day to be a Walking Dead fan. It's sad that we don't have anything to watch for a few months, but later this summer we're going to get fear the walking dead how cool is that can't wait for that so anyway shoot me an email let me know what you think about the negan character i don't know a ton about the character himself other than i I mean i know who he is i know what he does i know all that but um you know if you want to start asking me questions about negan there's probably not a whole lot that i can answer except for who i think should play him but love to have a conversation about that so shoot that over anytime you want love to talk about that love to talk about the flash arrow daredevil's coming out next month i mean good lord we got so much cool stuff to watch out there i'd love i've gotten in quite a few really good conversations about these shows and stuff like that through emails it's been a lot of fun so don't forget me you can definitely send that over i want to thank you so much for listening this week it's been a ton of fun this was kind of an unorganized episode but uh you know last minute i came up with uh wanting to to do that first email in the beginning. I thought it would be a good time. I wanted to do it last week, but you know, it is what it is. So it's been a good time. I've enjoyed it very much. Please don't forget to support our sponsors, kgtropicals.com, universalrocks.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking to you next week.